How do you follow that? Thank you, Matt. Oh, God, how I need you. I, I, that should be each and every one of our prayers. And once again, uh, as the children are going out for Children's Church with Miss Candy, you can make your way if you'd like to go, grades five and below. If you would like to go out to Children's Church, just feel free. Um, if not, you can stay here. Um, once again, it, it is amazing to me how God works and His Holy Spirit leads, and not only me, but others in the church. My message today is about being one in Christ. How we need Him. How we need Him. The head of the church, the head of the body. And I want to talk with you about that for just a few minutes. And, and first, if you'll turn in your Bibles to uh, John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Jesus is praying. He's, he's about to go to the cross. He's with the disciples. And He's closing His prayer with the disciples and finishing uh, his earthly minute coming to an end of his earthly ministry, and this is Jesus' prayer for not only the disciples but us today. If you ever want to know how Jesus prayed, I love John chapter 17 to just read over and over and over this precious prayer that my Savior prays for me. But I want to few, choose just a couple of verses, verses 21 through 23. He's, he's, he's praying and he's asking God to, that the world would, would know him and, and understand him and that they, that, that praying for his disciples. And, and he says that they, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. That they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them, as thou hast loved me. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence that we feel here today, and leading of your Holy Spirit that would guide us to be one in you, to the, that we would glorify you, that the world may know that we are yours. Lord, be with me in these next few minutes. I pray that you would give me the, the strength and the words and all that I may need, Lord, to, to deliver the message that you have for us today. Open our ears and our eyes that we hear and understand and be doers, especially doers, Father, of what we hear and understand today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Do you get the uh, sense of what Jesus is saying there? I think he wants us to be one. What does that mean? 
He's praying that, 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 that his disciples would be one body, one group, one organism that works together for a common cause. He says, Father, uh, I want them to be one just as you and I were one or are one. Remember, Jesus says, I don't do anything except the Father has shown me. I don't do anything except for the Father tell me. I don't do anything apart from the Father because I and the Father are one. And what a ministry he did in just three years. Uh, and, and it didn't end there. Brought salvation to the entire world because he understood he was one with the Father. And then he's praying for us to have that same oneness, that same unity, that same goal in mind that we are one with him and the Father to glorify the Father that the world may know. Is that not just send cold chills up and down your spine? As a born-again believer, if you've accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, you are one in Christ. You are in the body of Christ. Now, you have the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. Uh, uh, well, there are several words or uh, references to it in Scripture of what we are. We're the, the, the bride of Christ. But nowhere but in the New Testament does we say we're part of the body of Christ. Now I want you to get a hold of that today. If you're part of his body, now we say, oh, body of believers. I think it goes further than that. And, I, and Paul explains that. Turn in your Bibles now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Very familiar passage of scripture. You've all heard it. But we're going to look at this and, and, and I've even preached on it since I've been here. Uh, but I'm going to preach on it again today. But I found some things that the Lord showed me some things that I just never saw before in there. Things that just came to light to me that, wow. And I think it's a very, very important passage of scripture that believers need to understand and really need to grab a hold of. Because without under this understanding of this passage of scripture, there's problems. Uh, there's many churches across this country that have been broke up and, and disbanded and all the rest because they did not understand 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I believe that with all my heart. You have problems in the church. You have, and we don't have problems there. You all know that, right? Everybody's just hunky-dory, right? Well, you better hold on if you think that. Because Satan knows that God has something for us. Satan knows that God wants to do something right here in Bethel Baptist Church. And Satan will do everything in his power to destroy it. Write that in the front of your Bible, on the back of your hand. Remind yourself daily of that. Satan wants to destroy what God wants to do. In your life, in your church, in your family. Satan doesn't want God's glory for anything. So if he can get this uh, brokenness in the family, if he can get this brokenness in the body, he wins. We don't win, but he, he has a good time for a while, doesn't he? All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
We're going to just focus on, uh, start focusing on verse 12. But before that, I want you to understand uh, the church at Corinth was, was a messed up church. <laughs> they had issues. Not like, uh, I mean, we're fine. We have no issues, right? There's no church around like the church at Corinth. But they had major issues and problems just like we have today. I mean, they were, they were worshiping false idols. So, well, I don't worship false idols. I've been in churches where they worshiped the building. They worshiped their fellowship hall. They worshiped their pastor. They worshiped the patriarchs of the church. They, some of them worshiped their parking space more than they worship God. And you laugh, and that is sort of, that's just silly, isn't it? But it's the truth. Some put more value on those things than they do what we're here for and what our purpose is here. Now, I'm not going to beat you up today. I know y'all think, oh boy, here we go. Brother Kenny's going to wear us out again. Uh, Miss Joanne's thinking I picked a fine Sunday to be here today. <laughs> I'm not going to step on your toes. Or uh, Lord may, but I'm not. I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope this helps you understand what your part is and what, why you're here. Verse 12, for as the body is one. There's that word again. The body is one, okay? Uh, and hath many members. Ten, well, four fingers and two thumbs. Y'all didn't know that, did you? Thumb's not a finger. I'm educated. We have all kind of, whether 260 something bones in the body. I used to know that. 216? I can't hear. 206. They think I know sign language or something. Y'all, you have a mouth. Speak. All right, 206 bones in the body. One body with many members, and all the members of that body being many are one body. Look at the next few words. So also is Christ. Remember the prayer we prayed, John 17? Christ praying, saying, Father, let them be one as we are one. I'm one in him. I'm part of his body. Not just a body of believers, but I am part of him. I in him, he in me to glorify the Father. You must be special. I must be special to him to put us in such a high ranking. What are not, y'all are just sort of sitting there looking at me. You ought to be at least smiling over that, if not shouting and running up and down the aisles. We are in Christ. Uh, maybe you'll get it in a few minutes here. Uh, we're not just an a, a organization. A lot of people say, oh, the church is an organization. No, we're not. An organization is something that is structured that it only defined and, and, and do a, a particular purpose. It's a structured system. Yes, we have structure. Yes, everything should be done decently in order, but we're not an organization. Is that a news revelation to anybody here? Nobody wants to admit it. Yes, it did. 
So if we're not an organization, what are we? What is a body? It's an organism. There's a big difference. An organization is just a structured system that only can act within what it's constructed to do. An organism is a living, breathing, growing thing. It's something that's alive. We are the body of Christ. The local body of believers is an organism. Something that is alive. That we are alive because of who? Christ. Remember he said, I've come that they, to, that they may have life and have life more abundantly. Are y'all getting, I'm talk, trying to talk slow today. I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. I know it's a lot to swallow. Just to wrap your mind around this. Uh, we're referred to, as I said, by the bride of Christ. That's a living something, right? My bride's living. I don't know about yours, Matt. Maybe, I don't know how you feel, but my bride lives. Okay. Uh, Jesus refers to, I am the vine. You are the branches. Is that alive? Is that something growing? Is that an organization or an organism? It's growing, okay. Uh, The flock of God. Sheep are alive, right? They're growing. They're living. And then in this scripture and in this passage, only in the New Testament, do we see we are the body. Nowhere else does it say to refer to us that it is a new, uh, as Paul says, as God has revealed the mysteries of the Bible. Things they didn't understand in the Old Testament. The Old Testament was more of an organization. Uh, They did, they had a system of structure and sacrifices and they did this daily and repeatedly and over and over and over and over and you get the point, right? But never taking away sin. But Christ came that we would have life. That we're no longer an organization, but an organization, that uh, uh, an organism that functions within his body. Hello. Okay, I'm making sure y'all aren't. I was excited about this when I read it. I guess special. I'm special maybe. For by, now how are we doing, how does this body function? Verse 13, for by one spirit are we baptized into the body. For by one spirit are we baptized into the body. Y'all got your Bibles with you today? For by one spirit are we baptized into one body. We are one. There's that word again. One. By the one spirit. Who is that? That's the Holy Spirit. So all that I do within the body of Christ, I am done and led and empowered and strengthened and encouraged by who? God's Holy Spirit. Okay. I got to have some water. I'm sorry. I left it on the, Miss Tony wasn't here today and she didn't, I don't know what to do without her. She always brings my bottle of water. 
So by one spirit, we are baptized. And all that, that doesn't mean that, that we need to go out here and fill up the pool and we need to be baptized. Baptism means just to be immersed in. Oh, there's another good point. I am immersed into the body of Christ by his spirit. That's good stuff, people. Whether you know it or not, it's good stuff. Maybe you'll get it on the way home. Some of you are at least smiling now, so I think we're starting to get it. Now, if we understand all that, whether we're Jew or whether we're Gentile, whether we're bond or free, have been made all to drink by one spirit, to partake of this one spirit. No matter who you are, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God doesn't care what color you are, what race you are, what anything. You are part of his body, the body of Christ, through his spirit. That is awesome. So he wants us to be one. He wants us to to have uh, harmony amongst us. What does Satan want? Huh? Disharmony. Division. What? Turmoil. Turmoil. Exactly. Have you ever seen it in a church? Exactly. What? No, never seen it. Well, you ain't been in church long, have you, brother? Hey, you get a bunch of people together and a bunch of different personalities and a bunch of different thoughts, and I think it ought to be this way, and you think it ought to be that way, and and I, you know, everybody's entitled to be wrong. I understand that. They can't all be right like me. I know that. That's why God made me the pastor. Because I understand that I'm right and people are entitled to be wrong. No. You get a group of people together with all these different thoughts and all these different gifts, we're going to get to in just a minute. Do you know gifts are a wonderful thing? The gifts of the Spirit, man, it's awesome that, that when you're saved, He comes and the Spirit gives you gifts. And, and whether you even know what it is or not, if you're a child of God, you will perform them gifts whether you've had the special gift class or not. Right. <coughs> Matter of fact, I think you ought to be performing them before you have a special gift class. All the, all the special gift class does is help you recognize what you're already doing. You understand? I mean, these people have these classes. I need to figure out what my spiritual gift is so I can do it. No. You need to do what God's called you to do. You're going to do your spiritual gift. You can't help it. The Holy Spirit will do it in and through you. All the class does is help you say, oh, that's what I've been doing. That's why I'm so adamant about this. Because God's Spirit within me has given me that gift to do that. Now you add personalities and thoughts and what I think ought to be, and then you throw a spiritual gift in there, and I think things ought to be a certain way because God's given me a gift for that. Well, Matt don't have that gift, and so Matt is just, poof, oh, where Matt's at? Maybe he'll get saved one day. Yeah? I'm just trying to talk to you all from the bottom of my heart, and we need to get a hold of this. 
There is diversity. There is, there is a variety of us within this body. Look at verse 14. For well, I can't believe I'm getting. For the body, uh-oh, is not one member, but many. There's, there's one body with many members. Listen, if the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I, I am not of the body, and therefore not of the body. And if the ear say, because I am not an eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Isn't that silly? Now, my eye is not going to tell my ear I don't have any need of you. But you know we do it in the church. We got ears sitting over here. We got eyes over here. We got fingers up here. And And the tongue, yeah. (laughs) That tongue. By the way, uh, the gift of gab is not a spiritual gift. (laughs) Just want to let you all know that, okay? We have so many members within us and, and we, we don't understand that they all have a purpose. They all have a function. And I've heard people say, uh, as it says here, I, I'm not of the body. What does that mean? I'm not needed. They don't need me over there. I mean, after all, they got Clint. I mean, why would they need me? They got Lanny. Why do they need me? I'll just sit and warm the pew. You know there's no pew warmers in the body. There's no, there's no spectators in a body. They're all there for a function. I've heard church members in this church, and I'm not trying to point fingers at you. It's things I hear. It's not just this church, but I've heard it. I'm just going to take a break for a while. <laughs> I'm glad my eyes don't just say, hey, Kenny, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to take a break for about six months. Be wandering around like this all the time. But isn't that silly? It's just as silly, I'm telling you today, that as you, as a member of the body of Christ, with the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you, were to say, I'm going to take a break for a while. It's just as silly as my eyes saying, I'm tired, I don't want to see anymore. Hello? Now, I'm talking to believers. You're in the body, led by the Spirit of God, one in Christ. You have a purpose. That ought to excite you there. You're not just here for, I don't believe that each person is here today. But have, Joanne, I don't believe you came from Texas just for, just because it was a good time to visit. I believe it's awesome. I think it's awesome. But I believe God had a purpose. Whether it's here today or whatever you, God has a purpose for you to be in here this week. I I don't believe anything happens by chance. I believe each and every one of you are here this morning for a purpose. I believe each and every one of you, and I'll show you in just a minute, are a part of this body, local body of believers for a purpose. It didn't just happen because you like the paneling on the walls or because the church cute. Or you think somebody needs to fix the sign outside. 
just a hint there. The wind keeps blowing out. I mean, I feel like I'm crooked all the time. I know you did. I know you did. I know you did. There's been several pride. I don't think anybody can fix me, to be honest with you. <laughs> but we're all here for a purpose, for a reason, not to just take a break. We don't get tired. I mean, we don't want to leave the body if we're part of the body. I don't believe we do. I, I can't wait for Sunday mornings to come and see y'all smiling faces. Uh, all week long, you're beat up and you're dragged down by the world. And I want to come in here and be with the people who believe and think and, and want to worship God like I do. I long for that. And I look for Wednesday night. I can't wait till we can get together for fellowship and to study God's word. I long for that. And when I miss it, I miss it. I believe if you're a born-again believer, you would too. I believe that's part of the Holy Spirit within you. Wow, I'm running out of time. I just got started good. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were a hearing, where would be the smelling? He's just going on to say, we're all different parts of the body. We all do different things. Now the next thing, look at this and, and take this verse uh, uh, 18. I want you to underline it, highlight it, uh, print it out on big letters and post it on your refrigerator, whatever you got to do. This is the key to every church in the world. This is the key to every, the, the answer to every division in every church. This is the key to it. It all hinges right here. We've got to understand this. But now hath God set the members, plural. Every one, every one of them, a few of them, the members, every one of them in the body, how? As it pleased him. Hmm. So you're telling me, Brother Kenny, that Trisha's here because God put him here? Exactly what God's word is telling you. Cindy, you're here because God placed you here. Candy, you're here because God placed you here. Because it pleased him. Please, God, to put me here. What a blessing. What a blessing. That just makes me feel good inside. That makes me want to shout. That makes me want to serve him to love, that I could please him just by being here and doing what he's called me to do. So why do we have problems in the churches where somebody over here, I'm, I'm pointing to you, David, but not really. I'm just pointing in that direction. Maybe I'll point over here. Nobody's sitting over here. Why is that person over there mad with this person over here? Why is that? If we understand, it, I want to ask you a question. Is God in control of all things? Is he the supreme authority? Come on now, church. 
It's not me. It's not Daryl. It's not the deacons. Who's the supreme authority in this church? God. If I understand that, I accept that, and by faith I trust that, then I shouldn't have never a problem with you. And for somebody to take and to beat somebody down and to tear someone down because you don't see the way they do or they aren't doing quite like you expect there to meet your expectations, you're now saying, I'm God. They need to please me. Come on, church. Hello. You know what I'm saying. I'm warning you what Satan will do if we don't watch it. If we don't keep our T's crossed and our I's dotted. He'll bring division just like that. And if we got to understand, we got to understand that God is a supreme authority and each and every one of us are in this body because it pleased him. By the way, this is a, a good explanation to just throw out evolution. Do you know that God put my body together? He put Adam's body together, every phalange, every metacarpal, every metatarsal. I remember these from my EMT days. The humor, the femur, the ulna, radius, the liver, the spleen, the kidneys, the hearts, the lungs, the pancreas. It's all there because God wanted it there. It pleased him to put it there. They talk about taking out gallbladders or gallbladders and a penny. I'll just take them out. We don't know what they're good for. They must be good for something because God put them there. And it pleased him. So leave mine alone. Okay, I understand some of them got to come out. Robin joined that elite group of gallbladder-less people. <laughs> and I understand they, were, they hurt you. So sometimes it's got to happen, but I just wonder sometimes doctors just want to yank things out too quick. But anyway, each part of the body, each member is there for a person because it pleased God. And God has set it in place. He Not only has he done my physical body, not only has he done the body, but you just think about the entire universe. It didn't just go, and there it is. There's earth, there's the moon, there's the stars. No. I believe my heavenly father, the creator of this universe said, I want this star right there. I want this planet right there. I want this galaxy over there. Just like an artist painting a picture. And he put every little detail because it pleased him. And you bring that all the way down to you. Every little detail of you is there because it pleases God. Doesn't that make you, doesn't that excite you? And he says, you're part of my body. You're part of my body. It pleases me that you're part of my body. I want to be one with you just like Christ and I are one. Wow. That's pretty awesome to me. Recognize the authority. We see in Hebrews 2 4 and, and Romans 12 3 the same thing uh, that the whole that the that uh, Hebrews 2 4 says, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders, with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. 
Romans 12, 3 says, according as God hath dealt every man the measure of his faith, uh, that, that God has blessed you according, uh, that it pleased God. You are what you are. You are where you are by the sovereign will of Almighty God. So church, we've got to establish that. And I'm out of time. That's not a surprise to y'all though, is it? I'll say a couple more verses. I want you to get this. And if there are one member, singular, where would be the body? If we were just one member, where would be the body? Verse 20, but now many members, yet one body. Many members doing what they're created to do and nothing more. If my lung said, hey, liver, you're not doing a very good job of filtering toxins out of the body. I think I need to take over. What do you think would happen? I'd probably develop pneumonia and die. The lung is not designed to filter toxins out of the body. The lungs are designed to oxygenate blood and then give it back to the heart so it can pump it through the body so the body can have oxygen and nutrients. That's the purpose of the lungs. So what does that got to do with this kid? I mean, why are we getting this biology class this morning? Because I want you to understand if you have the gift of leadership, lead. But if you don't have the gift of exhortation, leave that alone. Somebody else does. You ever had somebody just try to encourage you? And I know how you're doing, brother. I know what you're going through. And you know they hadn't. You appreciate it, but you really just want them to shut up. <laughs> Ain't that right? They can't relate to what you've been through. But in the church, we have people that have a gift of, of whatever and think they're leaders. I've worked with people like that. You ever been in a job place and, well, the boss likes me, so let's all do this. And they try to be a boss or foreman or, or whatever else, and they have not a clue what they're doing. Am I the only one that's experienced that in the workplace? They forgot what they were hired for is what I'm saying. And because the boss is out on a business meeting, they think they're in charge. And they don't have any idea how to lead a group of people. And it ends up in a mess. It'll end up in a mess. So I'm telling you, if God's given you the gift of giving, if God's given you the gift of uh, administration, administration is just organization. There's a gift of leadership. There's a gift of prophecy. There's a gift of mercy. There's all these gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. If he hasn't given you one of them, leave that to another member of the body. Because if you start working outside what the Holy Spirit has given you a gift to do, you're going to make a mess. You're going to give the church pneumonia and die. You understand that? We got to understand we work within the, the part of the body that God has designed us to work, and that's it. I love you, but you got to get this. Because if you start working outside that, 
See, that's where I believe Satan just leaves. You, you know what? Brother Kenny, he just don't very organized. Brother Kenny does this. Brother Kenny does that. You're right, I don't. That's why I rely on you and you and, and some of the others. I know I'm not. Somebody said to me, yeah, well, the other day I was working and, and there was another pastor there. And you know, I'll say it. He don't care. I love him. T.J. Boyd was with me. And we were ministering to a family, a family from this church. And, and you know, T.J., he's, he's wide open. He is wide open. And so when we get there, TJ's just sort of taking over. <coughs> and and uh, Robin was with me. I hope you don't mind. You know, my, my wife loves me and thinks I walk on water. Y'all don't tell her any different, okay? <laughs> but TJ's doing his thing, and I'm just sort of standing back. And she gets me afterwards and says, why didn't you say something? You should have jumped in there. He's not, that's not their members, TJ. TJ knew the family. And I was content to let TJ do what TJ does because he's good at it. I understand I'm not as good at TJ ministers to people that I couldn't even begin to minister to. If I walked up, they would just sort of go, there's an old preacher. TJ walks on, hey man, when are we going motorcycle riding? I know it. He can reach people that I can't, but I can reach people he can't. I know that. And she said, why didn't you do something? I said, because he's Peter and I'm John. Amen. By the way, the disciple Jesus loved. <laughs> TJ, y'all can tell TJ that. He, I love him. But he does what, he's like Peter. I'm more like John. I know that. I'm not going to try to push TJ. He was doing a wonderful ministry. He was doing a wonderful thing. Why should I step in just because I'm the pastor of the church? The Holy Spirit is leading us. He's part of the same body I am. I understand his work, was what he was doing was more important than anything that I could imagine at the time. And I believe he'd do the same with me. He did do the same with me later on. No, brother, you got it. You, you do better that than I do. That's how you work in the body. You understand your spiritual gifts. You understand where your limits are. And you don't badmouth the other person. Because they don't meet your standard. If you've got the gift of mercy, you don't have the gift, uh, you don't have the authority to set policy. That's for the administrators and leaders of the church. That's why we have a deacon body. I know I've gone way over time. Y'all going to want to have some policy about going over 12 o'clock, aren't you? But I think you need to get this. You be quiet. I think we really, really, really need to get this. Because Satan is out there to steal, kill, and destroy what God wants to do. Please remember this. I may have to preach it again six months from now to remind us all, including me, that we're all part of the body. <coughs> we're all here for a purpose. As God has said in the church in verse 28, first apostles, 
I want you to uh, just write this down. Acts 13, 2. Uh, the church was growing and flourishing like crazy. <coughs> it says in Acts 13, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, remember what I said, the Holy Spirit? Led by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ to do the work that Christ would have us to do. The Holy Spirit said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whitherto I have called them. Nor get Barnabas and Saul and tell them, come on, I've got a work for them to do. They were praying and fasting and asking God. He said, this is what I want you to do. Get them. I've called them for a special purpose. Get them. He's called each and every one of you for a special purpose. And I believe he's saying, go get them. Bring them in. Uh, separate them. He has separated you for a purpose in the body of Christ. To fulfill a purpose. We all are not apostles. In the verses on down below that, in verses 29 through 31, we're not all apostles. We're not all prophets. We're not all teachers. We're not all workers of miracle. We don't have a, get, all have gifts of healing. We do all speak with tongues. And I understand a lot of these gifts are already gone. And do all interpret. Interpret. See, these Corinthians wanted to all do this because they're the prestigious thing. We all want to stand up in front of the class. I promise I'm closing. But it's not the way the body works. We don't all see. We don't all oxygenate blood. We don't all walk. We don't all talk. We don't all hear. You have a specific purpose. And God is in control of that. And it pleases him that you're here for that purpose. And I'll close going back to John 17. He says, pray, Jesus saying that they may be one. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. He says later on uh, that they may be one as we're one. I and them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one. Why? That the world may know that thou hast sent me. Why are we part of the body of Christ? Why is it so important to, to God? So Was it so important for, for Paul to write to the Corinthians? You've got to remain one. You've got to stay unified. You've got to understand this. You've got to understand that God's in control. It pleases him that you're here and that you're doing these things. And the Holy Spirit, why is it so important that Rocky Mount may know that he's the one true God. That the world may know that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. That's why it's important that we remain one. And I thought of this. If I'm part of Jesus' body, maybe I'm just a tip of his finger. But everywhere I go, I'm going to leave his fingerprint. I'm going to leave his fingerprint. They're going to think it was Jesus that did it. What am I doing in the body that pleases him? Father, thank you for this day. 
Thank you that you allowed us, you will want us to be part of your body, to glorify your name, that the world may know that you love them, that the world may know that God sent his son to die on the cross. So the world may know that they have life and life more abundantly in you. Lord, help us to carry, help us to wear the body well, to glorify your name. Protect us by thy might. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.